So before, without any further ado, I will invite Robin and Marion. Is that Maid Marion and Robin Hood? <laughs> Back up to the stage <laughs> to, um, to, to answer questions. And uh, when you do uh, have a question, please go to the microphone at the back. State your name. Um, try to keep it short. And uh, we hope to s- stimulate some good discussion. And while uh, some of you may be making your way to the, uh, to the microphone, I'd, I would like to ask a question that um, Jack Dick submitted in writing to our session today. He's... You may, many of you may know Jack. He's he's been a long time attender of our SACPA sessions, and he's just not doing well. But he he keeps abreast of what's going on at SACPA, and he was interested in the topic today. And he asked the question. He asked if we I would pre- present the question: Why do we allow so much pollution that it not only kills humans but every other living thing on this planet? Now that's a small question. <laughs> that's a that's a huge question, isn't it? Yes. I think most people are busy living their their own lives and they get so full up with jobs that they it's difficult to pay attention to other things like what government is doing and 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 so many things seem to be more and more complicated. And you know, we didn't all study physics and we didn't all study economics and law and so on and so we feel inexpert and we feel unempowered and it used to be that um, corporations were originally something uh, was was a thing that got given a charter by the king um, to go out and try and find wealth from you know during the voyages of discovery and so on and bring him home wealth directly so he avoided paying taxes to the government he would get it for his, his own uses and raising his own armies and whatnot and, and somehow it's got it, 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 corporations um, are just um, people think that they're legally obliged just to make uh, a maximum profit for their shareholders and nothing else must come in the way of that and so they can't think about spending uh, money or, 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 or earning less money in order to protect the environment and to protect social values. And it's really we, what we have to do is, is rein in the corporations, which means changing our legislation. But, I mean, how are you going to do that? I Really, I think the whole thing, we've got a more educated public now than ever before. But we have to t- take it to a higher level. We have to... Um, Think about thinking, and we have to. We have to. Um, we, we we need to become. We, we're citizens, but sometimes in name only, and our democracy is very fragile. It, we, we mustn't take that for granted. We have a huge democratic d- deficit in this country. We we don't have really a true democracy. We, we need proportional representation, so people with other views than the right far right wing views. Uh, people are also represented in Parliament and have enough of a say to make a difference. So we need proportional representation. Um, we need um, we need boundary lines to um, you know our ridings that, uh, that 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 are not gerrymandered so that you know far right wing votes can can out 
outvote, you know, the, 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 the more left-wing or more socially um, progressive, you know, votes. Uh, th these sorts of things are fundamental. And, and then, then you get a chance to, I mean, we, we need to be active citizens, not just citizens in name only. Um, otherwise, it, it's becoming paper thin and we're going to suddenly find it's gone. Yeah, just sort of add to that. Um, I, I think when you say we, why do we allow these things? We allow these things in Alberta, but they're not necessarily allowed elsewhere in the world. I think you find, if you look closely at Europe or where we, you know, where we come from, from England, things are much more tightly regulated. You know, the public over there accepts regulation. Over here, regulation is a dirty word. And... <laughs> In the tar sands, there could be no better example than the tar sands, where there, where industry is allowed to monitor itself and do whatever it wants, and with and the politicians, um, you know, will almost openly admit that uh, they don't, but you know, let the market deal with all the problems. Um, we on climate change, uh, Sir Nicholas Stern, who did the famous study in 2006, was hired by the British government to do an economic study of the impacts on climate change. He said that the, uh, the greatest market failure ever has been to ignore the externalities of climate change. And now we see this, we see this again with the financial crisis, a lack of regulation, leave the market, let it do what it wants, and whoa, what happens? We get ourselves in a terrible mess. But when you talk about regulation over here, it's like talking about leprosy. You know, they don't believe in it over here. Um, but, and, and the problem is, the problem is, is the public keep voting the same people back in. So what message does that send? That says, you're doing a good job. You know, you're doing a good job, government, carry on doing it. And if we really uh, want change, we have to impress upon them that if they carry on in this way and they don't listen to what our views are and we have to make them known, that we'll throw them out. But we haven't thrown this present bunch out in whatever it is, 30-odd years. My name is Van Christou. Uh Thank you very much, uh, Robin and Marion, for coming today and... Uh, sharing these experiences and pictures and ideas with us. It seems to me that uh, with the world's population increasing at the rate it's increasing today, and with our policies all controlled by corporations who function on a quarterly basis where their planning is for the next quarter and how much profit will it bring in, the long-term planning that's required to handle these problems effectively is very, very difficult to, to come by unless we have a complete change in public attitude. Do you not think that our only hope is through the educational process to start educating a generation that will start thinking for themselves? Um, yes. No, I, I think you're right. But I always have a problem when we say, let's educate the next generation. And I have a much bigger problem these days, especially on this climate change thing. I know one keeps coming back to climate change, but uh, climate change is coming home to roost much faster than we had, had thought before. Um, there was um, a big conference in Copenhagen just last week where every, every indicator of climate change that the, the intergovernmental 
panel on climate, on, uh, climate change uh, had put in its report two, 2007, that's only two years ago, every indicator is pointing in the wrong direction. Everything is much worse than the scientists thought, even only two years ago. And I keep thinking we leave it for the next generation, the next generation. There isn't time to leave it to the next generation. It's this generation of adults, you know, people of, uh, of our age in this room now, that must help deal with the problems, not say uh, we'll educate the grandchildren. So that, I think that's a cop-out, quite honestly. I have real problems with that. Um, anyway, that, that, that is one response. Uh, well, um Yes, I've got a comment on that. Um, uh, it, the, the, we've, with climate change and, and a lot of other things, we simply now, because of inaction, have run out of time. You know, now we, we simply have to act. And we can't wait for children for another 20 years while children grow up. And even then, they're still bottom of the pecking order when they go out to work or anything. They're not, uh, you know, unless you're going to have a 20-year-old prime minister. Oh, heaven forbid. <laughs> um, you know, but um, uh, it's, it's, it's the generations that are here. We, we've got to educate all of us. We've got to go move, move forward on all fronts with this education, all ages. Um, I heard yesterday an alarming, was it the day before, alarming thing where... Somebody was at a, a meeting of some large group of teachers, and, and, and most of them seemed to still think that you know things like climate change were, was was just in a matter of opinion. How can they possibly think that? This is teachers. So what chance have the kids got of learning anything if the teachers are so ignorant? You know, we Robin and I went to a. We were invited to be the inspirational speakers to the Alberta Environments Northern Conference. Uh, a conference for its, yeah, then this northern, northern region, that's what it was, and, and some other divisions of Alberta environment last May. And we thought, right, we're going to be walking right into the lion's den here. <coughs> anyway, and they said, well, they'd seen our book and wanted us to be the inspirational speakers. And, um, so we, we went in there and we said, well, you know, this is an environmental message, a strong environmental message in our book. And they said, oh, well, well, we hadn't read the book, but they'll read it later, but, you know, just go ahead, you know. And we gave our speech, and after a long number of years, 96, I suppose, when they laid this 600 people off, they were starting to rehire. So there were some young people, and then nobody in the middle, and then all these people with white hair, you know, about to retire. And um, so we said, so we stood out there, and we, we showed them the pictures and everything and the stories, and we, we said, you know, to the young people, you've just been hired on, you know, and you're you know, idealistic, enthusiastic about nature and so on. You know, kick butt and, 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 and stick to your ideals and tell it like it is because it's your world. This is your world, the world you're going to inherit. And to the older people who've got power, you know, it, you know you've got um, people who are being obstacles to the, the, the progress we need to make, you know, just um, gang up on them and, and make you know get them on side. And to the older people, the older people who are about to retire, you are at last going to be free. You know you can free go where you like when you like. You're free to say what you like. And so now as now as elders, you are responsible. You have a huge role with as an elder with a capital E to educate society and tell the truth, tell it like it is. So I think all older people have a very important uh, educational role. 
uh, to play because we can't get fired. <laughs> We've retired already. And, you know, as grandparents um, and all the associations we belong to, and we need to set up educational groups and talk to young people and 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 we've got to change the school curriculum it is beginning to change they are getting more educational stuff in there um but not enough i was horrified when i thought of becoming a, a teacher and i began teacher training at ufc and the very first consignment was assignment was to um analyze our subject area and mine was social studies um and i looked at and i analyzed it and it was totally political it was totally, it, it, there were questions in there like, what are the obstacles to ab- agribusiness? And I was so shocked. You know, I thought I should, I should get out of this now, today. I, I hung in there a bit longer than I, I gave up on it because. We have, we have another yeah. question here. Oh, thank you for your remarks uh, today. I particularly enjoyed many of the photographs. Uh, my name is Vincent Hanlon, and I have a question. Could, could each of you point out one small thing that each of us might do before we go to bed tonight that might take us one little baby step forward in this enterprise? Yes, thank you. A good question. Um, well, if you only do one thing, uh, in my view, uh, the, the climate change crisis I was just talking about is by the by far the overarching thing. I would uh, phone up your MLA or send him a letter or go around and visit him and say that the provincial government of Alberta's policies on climate change are totally unacceptable uh, and uh, they have to change. We are setting an appalling example to the rest of the world. The, the best that are, just very briefly, I wouldn't necessarily put all this in the letter, but um, whereas the Europeans are looking at uh, 25% cuts by 2020 and 80% cuts by, uh, by 2050, and the scientists are saying last week that this isn't going to be good enough, you're going to have to cut more than that, and that we have 10 years uh, not 10 years to think about it. We have 10 years to make positive change. So I think you need to send a letter. If you're going to do one thing, phone up your politician or send him a letter or do something and say, this has to change or the next election, as far as I'm concerned, you're out. Um, and on the purely on, uh, uh, in a more direct sense, our wildlife heritage I would pick up the phone and, and phone, you know, the, the minister concerned. Um, I've got a list of the ministers out there uh, on the table. And um, phone and tell them that it's extremely urgent that they declare, that they designate the grizzly bear as, as endangered and get on with their legal responsibilities and obligations to protect its habitat. Just an addendum to Rob's comment about climate change. There's some leaflets out there. uh, We would love you to each take away a bullfrog power leaflet and look at running your entire home on wind power if you're not already doing so. We've been doing it for years through NMAX. Um, They went and changed their plan. Now we're with bullfrog power. I don't know who you... you, There's there's a number of places you can go. Bullfrog is a very good one. It's 100% wind power. That's what they do. It costs us $5 extra. I mean, a cup of coffee a month. You know, two cents a kilowatt hour extra. And and 
So everything we do to do with the show is all 100% wind power. Uh, my name is James Moore. <clears throat> Thank you very much for coming. Um, I got a couple of comments and uh, maybe a question at the end. You know, um, what we're up against, you know, what we're describing, what you're describing, and I think we have to think about the cynicism of the necrophilic opposition, the death-loving, you know, they've designated Schedule 2 in the Environment Act so that lakes are considered garbage dumps and, and tailing ponds for, for mining waste because it saves the company money. And this is your, your uh, bailiwick. You know, can you imagine streams and rivers and lakes, pristine lakes in the north being designated? This is what uh, the, the, the necrophilic government of Canada is doing right now. And with the Athabasca River and the tar sands, I, I leave you with the thought that if they could get away with it politically, why not? Put the Athabasca River into Schedule 2 and you have no more problems. Could you just expand on that, please? Yes, I, I don't know how many people are actually paying any attention. You know, it, the media doesn't, it, it, it might mention it on page 2 or page 19 of a newspaper. Fewer and fewer people are buying newspapers. Um, and you don't see much about that on television. Um, I hardly look at television. We use it just to, use, to see physios of our choice. Um, it's, it, it is treason. What they're doing, they, it's treason, you know. Uh, I mean, in the old days, uh, they'd um, you know, be taken to the tower and have their heads cut off. Uh, you know, and why, why are we tolerating this? And why is the opposition not speaking out? Maybe it is, but you see, the, um, I mean, when Klein was in government, the, the media would say, well, we would go to hear what Klein had to say. They'd all be lining up there. Nobody would be lining up to hear what the opposition had to say. What's wrong with our media? You know? So, um, you need to stand, you need to rise up. We need to have a common purpose. We need to speak out in such loud voices that nobody can ignore us. And, uh, and um, we, we need to get on the phone and tell our politicians we're not voting for you next time. I mean, and the liberals, we've got black cats, white cats. They, they, they keep supporting the, 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 the conservatives in power. They're not conservatives at all. They conserve nothing, as you can tell. We have another question. Just a quick comment. Uh, my name is Tom Kane, and I, I'm discouraged with where we're at with climate change and global warming, and the scientists say we've got 10 years to fix it up, and the politicians are saying, ho-hum, I'm interested in the next three years of being reelected. Um, I asked recently um, an environmentalist in southern Alberta, well, if you really want to be active about this, what group do you join? And the person said, I don't think there is one. There's one for students coming out uh, of high school, but there isn't one that's really active on these issues well in Alberta. And to my fellow SACPAites, uh, we're always being neutral. We have to have both sides of the question. We can't decide for sure whether we're having global warming or not. And then what should we do about it? Maybe we've got to be neutral on that too. Um, I don't see where – where do you get your hope? Because I sometimes don't have much left. Where do you get your hope from that you can continue on doing this? So, who said we had hope? Uh, 
hoping you said that. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I think... Uh, I think we should give, personally, I haven't voted, I mean, my voting record, I haven't voted for a single person, party, we've been in Canada since 1970, I haven't voted for any party that has got in power, that'll give you some idea of how I've been voting, but um, I think in Alberta, I think that they, we should simply say, enough is enough, uh, uh, you people have had all this time, and we're going to give David Swan a chance. Uh, frankly, it's inconceivable he could possibly do worse when it comes to the environment, uh, and I'm, I'm very much sure that he would do an awful lot better. But even if he didn't, he d somebody else deserves a chance. This, this, this bunch, we have to get rid of them. That's what I think. The only other comment I would make is that um, it's very easy for groups, you know, like you and uh, many other groups, uh, to talk back and forth and back and forth. But I mean, myself, I'm nearly 70 years old. I mean, we have to take action now. We are the elders that have to do something. You know, we don't want to keep talking amongst ourselves. We have to, as an earlier gentleman said, what do I do tonight? We have to go home and pick up the telephone and, and talk to these people and, and really make sure they get on their case because they think we're joking. I mean, they think we're not really serious about issues like climate change, that what we want to do, we want to talk and talk and talk and grumble, but quite frankly, in our hearts, we don't really want anything to change, you know. We just want to carry on coasting. We have to send them the message that we do want, change is urgent, we do want it to change, we're prepared to make some uh, major changes in our own life which are going to be inevitable in, in some sort of a transformational period. We're prepared to do that. Now you politicians, do it, because we can't, as individuals, we can change our fluorescent light, our light bulbs to fluorescence and, and ride our bike to work, but we can't uh, you know, decarbon, uh, you know, reduce the carbon, in the, decarbonize the, the electric system or close down the electric power plants. The sorts of changes that really need to do the coal-fired power plants, they're the sorts of things that have to be done. You know, we, we can't uh, put a moratorium on the tar sands individually. I can change a light bulb, but I can't put a moratorium on the tar sands. This is the stuff that needs to be done urgently. And I think, you know, it's us that, that have some, some time. You know, we're the elders. We're in, we're in the period of our lives when we've, we've got the experience. Uh, we've still got, you know, enough energy left that we should get on the case of these people and make some changes because it isn't some distant uh, generation that's going to suffer. It's your grandchildren and probably your children. It's going to, it's all going to happen this century. If you heard uh, Gwyn Dyer, he said, and I think he's right myself, he said, the second half of this century is not a time you would choose to live in uh, if, we don't make, if we don't deal with climate change. Well, on that note, unfortunately, <laughs> we're out of time. I mean, it's gone so quickly, I can't believe it. But uh, join me in thanking Robin Mary. And please do take time to look at the table outside and... Oh, we've got materials some, there. We've got some things you can take away. The bullfrog power uh, leaflets, and there's a list of ten things you can do to uh, to about climate change, and you can take those away with you. And one thing I suggest is you set up a group of your neighbours, people on your street, and challenge each other to green your household and green your place of work, and just see who can do the best, and maybe have a prize at the end of the year or something. Get get going, get action on your street. Thank you, Marion.